Well, well, well. What have we here? Better late than never. It's the Smug Buds brought to you by Jenny's Ice Cream. <laughs> Jenny's, if you haven't heard about our everything bagel flavor yet, you are not online. <laughs> you know, everybody was losing their mind, but that flavor came out last year. Well, they're promoting it hard right now. Because uh, I bought it last year. That was the first time I had Jenny's. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. And not the last. No, hardly. Uh, hardly will be. Uh, I'm uh, Will, and I'm talking to Liz. Hello, Liz. Hey, Will. It's me, Liz. Welcome How back. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I know you said better late than never, but we 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 are the gods of our domain. There so, is no so, time. Yeah. So let's let's <laughs> talk about that real quick. Just to just to recap. Uh-huh. Uh. When we started, we did a season, uh, and it was 10 episodes, and we put it out in 10 weeks. And then we took a break for a while and repeated that pattern for a few- I think we took a 10-week break. Probably so, yeah. And then we didn't limit ourselves to 10. We did 10 between 10 and 12. Mm -hmm. And then last year, 2021- uh, we did monthly episodes for the entire year, mm-hmm. and I think uh, it only makes sense on that trajectory uh, that this become an annual podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gathered here today for the 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 very annual thing that come that uh, gives gives it a reason for being a raison d'être. I think I'm if I'm saying that right. I actually have some shit I want to talk about now. So I've I've got my next two episodes lined up. That is news to me, and I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> but I will say one is fun and one is not. <laughs> okay. Uh we can talk about that some other time. Uh do you have anything you want to talk about now before we get down to business? Yeah, and I don't know if we would do an episode on this or not, but I do think it's worth noting that the third season of Joe Para Talks with You went up on HBO Max, yeah. which meant that I could watch it, and so I watched it. Great. What'd you think? Um, I really liked it. Can I tell you my favorite joke, which happens a couple of times? Please. Can you guess what it is? No, I can't. It's been a little while since we watched it. In the f- Is the first episode the chair episode? Yeah, I believe so. So in the chair episode, um, oh, what is his friend's name? Gene. Gene, I was going to say George, and I knew that was wrong. Gene has been going to this chair store regularly yep. um, to pick out a new chair because it's hopefully going to be the last chair he buys before he dies, which mm-hmm. shocks Joe a little bit. And then it's like he remembers that his friend is, in fact, old mm-hmm. compared to him. Sure. Um, and so they're they're talking about chairs. They're talking about what chairs mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end... Gene is talking to a, another couple, I think, that's looking at buying a chair. And Joe sort of has this idea and says to the manager of the store, do you think Gene could work here part time? Yeah. Basically, like, he's retiring is the other thing. So he's retiring and the idea is, like, Gene knows so much about this that, like, this would be something that he could do part time and just I think still I know be retired. Now that, and- I think I know now what you're going to say your favorite joke is because you said it came up a couple times and... And we also talked about this a lot when when the episodes were airing. 
And so the manager goes, well, it's 2018. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like yep. a knife in the heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he said. I believe he says it's 2018 and the economy is booming. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so why not? Uh, and uh, yeah, they're uh, they're they're doing a um, they're very savvily, I think, uh, doing a, a a Breaking Bad style, uh, paying attention to the the amount of time that is passing in the universe of the show. Yep. Uh, which kind of flies in the face of the amount of time passing in the real world as the show airs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, sticking to it and making sure that they uh, don't forget that fact that, that it, uh, you know. And besides that, Joe Perry is a show that, that uh, relies kind of heavily on like what, what season it is. And it's very mm-hmm. like in touch with like, you know the rhythms of the world and your life and okay in this one it's winter and we'll see christmas and new year's go by and then the next one it's his summer vacation and he's and he mm-hmm. doesn't have to teach and uh so uh yeah uh well well caught uh liz i'm glad you brought that up and that was normally we would have heard the jingle before oh, yes. but let's hear it now that was old business business and that means unless you have something else i don't think i have anything i want to No, i don't think oh the mm. only other thing i guess i wanted to say is i know that you and i have talked about this but this is still a joe para thing mm. um joe para was on a bunch of episodes of 18th century cookery cooking slash townsend's yes um which is a youtube channel that i have been watching for well as long as elliot's been alive um and he built a chair on that episode, mm. one of the episodes, which I thought was a nice little crossover to the season. Um, but that channel specifically um, is a channel that I watched. At, at one point, I had watched every single episode because I would watch them when I was breastfeeding Elliot uh-huh. in the night uh, when I during the one month that I did that that I hated. Yeah. Um, so it was when I saw the crossover happen, it was one of those things where I was like, I can't believe these two people, my friends, know each other. <laughs> that was a very special crossover, yes. And that was nice to watch. I don't normally watch that YouTube channel, but I watched the Joe Pera episodes. Joe Pera, you've reminded me, was also on an episode in the final season of Search Party, uh, which uh, really? came out recently, uh, a show you can watch on HBO Max, and which I highly recommend. I think that it might be the definitive uh, work of fiction for the Trump era. <laughs> uh, I've heard people say things about that show, mm-hmm. and I would also like to watch it because it has um, it's, it has maybe in it. Yeah, it stars maybe from Arrested Development, uh, Alia Shawkat. There we go. Uh, and uh, John Early and uh, several other funny people. Um, if you pay attention to comedy podcasts uh, to the extent that I do you'll recognize that it's a very New York show besides just being set in New York, which is obvious. It's like, oh, the people who show up recurring and as guest stars, these are New York people as opposed to the LA people who I'm used to seeing Uh pop up in roles in sitcoms, et cetera, Uh, which is fun. People like uh, Griffin Newman, uh, co-host of Blank Check, 
and Connor Ratliff uh, uh, hosted the Dead Eyes podcast and the George Lucas talk show, which I introduced you to recently on stream at twitch.tv slash smugbuns. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you for uh, reminding me of uh, the uh, joys of Joe Para. But what are we really here to discuss, Liz? We are here to talk about our predictions. And by our predictions, I mean your predictions. That's right. <laughs> uh, so we're recording this March 12th. The Oscars are on March 27th. The nominations were announced in early February. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been a little uh, while since I wrote all of these down. But uh, I've done, uh, as I've done, this is the fourth year now uh, that we're doing this. Uh, it's, the, it's the fourth podcast and mm-hmm. the fifth time that I've done it in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've attempted to predict the nominees in eight categories. Best Picture, Director, Adapted Screenplay, Original Screenplay, and the four performance categories. And I will uh, run through them with you. We will examine... Uh, how successful or unsuccessful I was. And uh, I welcome your uh, questions and comments along the way. I am going to try to get through the predictions portion with relatively little commentary. And then if there's time, I have something else prepared and we may breeze through it or we may spend more time on that depending on depending on how much we talk about these. Um, Before we get into this, please. I do have a baseline question for you, which I know is not normally how we do things. But I'll, I'll probably fire it back at you or or a similar question or something else. Go ahead. So a few years ago, we had an incredible year for movies. 2019, I think you're and then referring in tw- to. Yes. And then in 2020, it was a fucking weird year. <laughs> Or maybe 2017 is the year I'm thinking of. Hang on, let me pull up my litter litter box. No, <laughs> it's not called litter box. Let me. Uh, I was trying to say letter box lists, and so yes. the lit the lift from from. Yeah, so it's actually the incredible. Oh my gosh! Can I tell you a very funny thing that happened to me the other day? Go ahead. <laughs> Kenny went out to get his car looked at. And so he had to eat lunch at a restaurant because his car was getting fixed. Mm-hmm. And when I said, Elliot Kenny, what did you have at the restaurant? He said, I had a great crab dick. And mm. I went, what? He said, dip. <laughs> and then he went, well, I mean, I don't know what parts they use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know. <laughs> He's like, I assume they want to use everything available. They could use the whole that- crab. Yeah. Anyway, that's my story. Okay. Go on. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just verifying that 2019... 2019- um yeah so okay so i have lists for 2016 through Mm -hmm. the present and in terms of which of those years is the best it is a tough race i think between 2017 and 2019 okay I I, i might give a slight edge to 2019 but anyway you were talking about the pandemic yes because well and actually maybe i'm double thinking this because was 2018 also a weird year Weird how? Like, just like not really great, like a great bunch of movies. I believe in 2019, the second time we did this, discussing the films of 2018, 
Yes. I believe that was the occasion when I said it was kind of a whack year for movies. Okay. So I, I let's let let me restart. Okay. 2017 amazing year. Pretty good. 2018 kind of whack. That's weird. Yeah. 2019 great Sprung year. Sprung back real hard, yeah. 2020 COVID. A pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What has 2021 been like? Much better. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like it's a good year or do you feel like there's still some weirdness? It's a good solid year. Yeah. Okay. Um, a stable year, we can say. Most certainly. Yeah. And I think that overall, um, the the overall impression that I got from comparing this year's nominees to my predictions, mm-hmm. there were cases where I thought, oh, this this turned out better than I was predicting. I, I maybe let myself get too cynical. Cynical. And if I had been a little more aspirational, uh, <laughs> then uh, I might have been closer to uh, what what wound up being reality. So, uh, yeah, overall, I think there's a lot to celebrate. And some of that could be due to, you know, had there been no pandemic, some of these movies would have come out in 2020. And yeah. so there might have been more of a balance. And so mm-hmm. there might be kind of a, uh, what's the, an embarrassment of, of riches. So it's almost like mm-hmm. we're, we're getting two years worth of movies in a span of 10 months uh, or so. Um, but uh, it's uh, given given me a, a lot of stuff that I like. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain as as much I think as I'm going to um, celebrate. Um, yes. So I want to start with the screenplays, mm-hmm. and we have to start with adapted. And this is where uh, I did not learn from a mistake that I made last year. This happened to me last year. It happened to me again this year. I realized when they were announcing the adapted screenplays that I had miscategorized one of my predictions. Oh no. Now, luckily they did adapted first. And Mm -hmm. so I was able to make a switch and correct myself before I knew that the, you know, uh, what I, I, I recognized my mistake. So you were able to move something into original screenplay that. Exactly. So um, the mistake I made was uh, I I had not yet watched The Power of the Dog. Uh-huh. And I wrongly assumed that it was an original. Oh, okay. But it is based on a book. Ah. So they're announcing Adapted, and they say The Power of the Dog. And I went, oops. But I had it on my list. Just mm-hmm. I just had it in the wrong category. Mm-hmm. So I'm still taking credit for getting that right. I think that's a good idea. I moved it over to make room for it. I eliminated what I had at the bottom of my list of predictions. And then I had a space to fill in the original category. And I filled that up before finding out what the nominees were. So forgetting the movie that I crossed out, Mm -hmm. my predictions were that the nominees in Adapted Screenplay would be Dune, The Lost Daughter, House of Gucci, West Side Story, and The Power of the Dog. Mm -hmm. Three out of five of those are correct. Power of the Dog, obviously, 
Dune and The Lost Daughter. Notice I'm doing these in an order. So if I've done well, then you'll hear the ones that are correct are at the top of the list because those yeah. are the ones I was most confident in. Uh-huh. So in the middle here, House of Gucci and West Side Story were incorrect. Instead, Coda and Drive My Car, mm-hmm. uh, which one of the better stories uh, in this crop of nominees is that there's a tremendous amount of love for Drive My Car, which is a Japanese film or oh, okay. Japanese. I don't know anything about it. Japanese slash Korean uh, might be accurate to say. Uh, and it's excellent. And I think you can watch it on HBO Max now. Nice. Okay. It's very long. So you have to set aside uh, three hours to watch it. Or I can set aside three nights. Yes. You can do that as well. You can watch it in, in parts. They don't have to be three consecutive hours. You just have to spend three hours <laughs> to watch it all. And I, I recommend doing that. So we'll talk more about that as these categories go on. In original screenplay, uh, once I made the correction, my predictions were licorice pizza Belfast, Don't Look Up, Being mm-hmm. the Ricardos, and King Richard. King Richard is the one that I added at the end. Uh, four out of five of those are correct. Um, King Richard was correct. It was fort- nice. fortunate to be able to add that. Don't Look Up, Belfast, and Licorice Pizza, all correct. Being the Ricardos, not uh, that was a, a cynical choice on my part. Mm-hmm. It is a film I have not seen. I do not plan on watching. The most favorable thing that I've heard about being the Ricardos is it was okay. (laughs) Mostly I've heard people really attack it pretty savagely. Yeah. Um, Then why'd you put it on? Because it's written by Aaron Sorkin, who is very popular and successful. And this is a... A show busy movie, uh, yeah. because it's about Lucy, uh, who we will keep talking about later. Uh, but this is very cool. This is a much better outcome than what I was predicting. Uh, instead, uh, the other nominee is the worst person in the world, which right. which is a Swedish. I've seen it, and I'm not sure. Uh, it's it's a. Dane, it's a Danish, it's a Norwegian. Where's Oslo? I don't fucking know. France? No, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it isn't uh, France. Yeah, let me look it up really quick. It's, Oslo is the capital of Norway. <laughs> I just Googled that. Uh, so okay. I think it's accurate to say... Uh, it is a Norwegian it is film. A Nor- it is a dark romantic comedy drama. There are four, or I guess three genres there. Yeah, and it's a really good film, and um, uh, you should watch it. Uh, and uh, it's a really, it's a cool uh, screenplay nominee. Nice. All right, before we move on, let's reflect on who I think is going to win in each of these categories. Yes. I think The Power of the Dog is going, is it's nom- it has the most nominations. Uh, I think it's going to win an awful lot, and I think, I will predict it's the winner in this category. Original, I'm really not sure how I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. The cynical, uh, the cynic in me, who who has already been 
you know, not rewarded, but sort of punished in this process, uh, <laughs> but but still thrives. Um, the cynic in me thinks that Don't Look Up will will win. Um, but did people like that movie though? That's a real mixed reviews. That's a real mixed bag. There's a a tremendous amount of discourse about that film. And I, I know I know that you didn't like it, and I understand why. Yeah. I feel sort of nothing about it, because it just feels sort of like... Um, you watched it. I did. I watched it when I was sick. Yeah. Because I was like, I want some... I'm just going to watch this thing. So it was like, I am sick, and I don't want to pay too much attention to it. You know what I mean? Like, But I did watch it, and it just... I guess it just feels like... I'm trying to think of a good example. Like Olive Garden, maybe? Okay. Which is to say, I can go to Olive Garden and eat food. Yeah. (laughs) I watched this movie and I experienced things. You know what I mean? Yeah, you saw a movie, yeah. Yeah, I saw a movie. It's, you know, I liked some parts very isolated. Like, I like Melanie Linsky. I like think she's a good actress. I liked watching her. You know what I mean? It's hilarious to pick her out of the cast of character not that she's not good but she's probably you know just based on the role that she has is probably the most forgettable part of that movie you think well i guess i was like ooh, melanie linsky so i was like looking at for her if that makes sense sure. but so i just i didn't know what the discourse outside of that because it just it definitely seems like something that like film people would hate people who think that they're liberal will like right i think that's that's the important part yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's take a moment to uh, remember what won in this category last year. It, yes. it was Promising Young Woman. Oh, right. A movie which I think it could be argued its greatest virtue is that it has a very clear, supportable political agenda. I love that movie. Uh, good for you. <laughs> and I know... A lot of people I respect love that movie. It's a, it, it's another one that has a lot of mixed responses to it. I could send you some reviews uh, from Letterboxd that are pretty anti that movie. Um, it has a, I I'm like right in the middle on it. It has some uh-huh. it has some good parts. The the ending really stinks um, because it gets very girl bossy. Um, girl bossy. Yeah. Uh, but so I'm not confident that I'm going to pick Don't Look Up to win this. Yeah. But I think for, for how much I dislike the, the way that Adam McKay has gone with Mm -hmm. the things that he's making, that makes me think there's going to be a lot of people who like it, who, who are Mm -hmm. in a position to give out this award um i think it could also go to king richard or maybe to belfast i feel like people have loved belfast uh, you we're just trafficking in different circles because <laughs> belfast is is a movie that the impression that i've gotten is that yeah maybe there there must be people out there who love it but like most of the people I follow think that it's like 
okay. It's just kind of boring. Have you seen Have you seen the King Richard movie? Yep. How did you feel about the writing in that? I think uh, it would would make it makes sense to me as a winner on the yeah. on the grounds of like this is it's well done straight ahead it's feel good it, it's feel good yeah that's a good term for what i'm looking for um and it's and it's really quite funny i, I oh really okay i laughed a lot more watching king richard than watching don't look up yeah that makes complete sense because that movie didn't know what it was. Don't Look Up is really nihilistic, but it's still ostensibly a comedy. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to pick. I'm probably going to decide that I'd rather not do the safe and cynical thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of debating between King Richard and Belfast. I'm, I'm, right now, I'm thinking I might go with Belfast. I think I'm going to go with King Richard, having not seen those movies. Fair enough. Uh, okay, supporting actress. Uh, Are you not doing a will pick? That th- So that's what I'm sort of saving for the end. Oh, sorry. I ruined it. No, that's perfectly fine. You haven't you haven't ruined it because I've, d- okay. I've done it differently. Okay. Uh, my predictions in supporting actress were Ariana DeBose, who is in West Side Story, Kirsten Dunst in Power of the Dog, Catriona Balfi in Belfast, Ruth Nega in Passing, and Catherine Hunter in The Tragedy of Macbeth. So mm. let me tell you about my thought process behind this. We've talked uh, in the past when we've done this about the Golden Globes and how Mm -hmm. you can refer to them and how they can help and how they can't. Mm -hmm. In some categories, you could do a copy and paste and in others, you can't. Mm -hmm. And the times that you can't are the times when they've got two categories where the Oscars has one because in the Golden Globes, they have one for comedy and one for drama. Yeah. Uh, not so in the supporting categories. You could do a copy and paste. Mm-hmm. What I did was I picked four out of five, did a copy and paste. Mm-hmm. And then in the fifth slot, I did something for myself. So the one, Good. the one for me, self-care, the one for me, the self-care pick w- <laughs> was Catherine Hunter in the tragedy of Macbeth. Okay. And the others yeah. were... Golden Globe nominees. Uh, interestingly, uh, mm-hmm. only two of those are correct. Really? The top, they really strayed then. The top two, uh-huh. Ariana DeBose and Kirsten Dunst, are correct. Good. There, there's, another, the, uh, there's another nominee who I could have copied and pasted from the Golden Globes, but I left her out. She is nominated. In hindsight, that was very rude of me. I apologize. I had not watched King Richard at the mm-hmm. time. Anjanu Ellis is nominated. Uh, and Judy Dench is nominated for Belfast. Now, here's what I did. Mm-hmm. This is spoiling a little bit what's to come in the next category. I decided that the parents in Belfast were going to be nominated. Ah. Uh. I was wrong on both counts. And in both cases, 
the grandparents, in fact, <laughs> were, were nominated. So Judy Dench is here. And then the last one, which uh, I think is a really cool pick, is Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter. Okay. Jesse Buckley is one of my favorite actors in the last couple of years. Uh, so uh, I, I, this is much cooler and more interesting than I could have predicted. That's good. So I'm I'm sad to have been wrong, but I'm uh, I'm happy that mm-hmm. this is the outcome. Um, who's going to win? I think Ariana DeBose is going to win for West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Supporting actor. Uh, this is going to sound really familiar. So I did I did my four out of five copy paste, mm-hmm. and then one for me. The five are Cody Smith McPhee in Power of the Dog, Troy Kotzer in Coda, Jamie Dornan in Belfast, Ben Affleck in The Tender Bar. I didn't know how to fill out this category, <laughs> and the one for me, Bradley Cooper in Licorice Pizza. Uh huh. Do you like Bradley Cooper? It turns out I really do. <laughs> I I did not think that I did. I I'm surprised. Did, I did not really like A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. But after this year, I'm really interested in Bradley Cooper and what he's doing more than ever before. Well, and maybe he's doing more interesting things now. Maybe, but also there's definitely an argument to be made that I was not giving him enough credit before, and he's been okay. interesting all along. Because <laughs> he's also he was also in that um, Thayer movie that I can never so, remember the name so of. Nightmare Alley is going to come you. up later in the conversation. <laughs> I will just say uh, we watched Nightmare Alley. It's, um, in my opinion, the first about thirty minutes is the best part of the movie by far. Mm. And in that segment in the movie in particular, I was visually, like physically, drawn to Bradley Cooper and his looks and his movie star quality in a way that I have never like tapped into before. Mm -hmm. I was just like, wait, what is this like... You know, watching John Hamm and Mad Men or something uh-huh. like magnetism. Like this is, this guy is, is, uh, he's very hot is, <laughs> is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um. So uh, the top two, so this is a repeat of the last category. The top two are correct. Cody okay. Smith McPhee and Troy Kotzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then not Jamie Dornan, the dad in Belfast, but the grandpa in Belfast, Kieran Hines mm-hmm. is nominated. J.K. Simmons is nominated for uh, being the Ricardos. Mm. And Jesse Plemons is nominated for The Power of the Dog. Now, mm-hmm. when I said I didn't know how to fill out this category, and I included Ben Affleck from something called The Tender Bar, mm-hmm. I was I uh, had considered the possibility that Jesse Plemons would be in here, but I, I decided I didn't think it was likely that two performances from the same movie yeah, were going to be Yeah, because that happens sometimes, not, not often. In the same category. It happens, and it happened here. I was just betting against it, mm-hmm. and I bet wrong. So who's going to win? 
Um, I think my pick is going to be Cody Smith McPhee. Um, I think Troy Kotzer would be a really cool, really fun. I'm, I'm using the word cool. I'm self-conscious about how much <laughs> I'm using the word cool. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make me sound very smart. Um, but I think, it, I think it would be a viral opportunity uh-huh. Uh, justifiably so, and rightfully so if Troy Kotzer were to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be glad to see it. It wouldn't surprise me. Still, I think my prediction is going to be Cody Smith-McPhee. Okay. And part of the reason for that is that, spoiler alert, I think I'm going to predict that that's the only performance from Power of the Dog that's going to win. Mm-hmm. Because I already said Kirsten Dunst is not going to win. And I think I'm going to go another way in the lead actor category as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, moving on to lead actress. Yes. My five predictions were Rachel Ziegler in West Side Story, mm-hmm. N- Nicole Kidman as Lucy. <laughs> yes, of course. Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter, mm-hmm. Kristen Stewart in Spencer. Right, yes. And Lady Gaga in House of Gucci. Three out of those five are correct. Yes. Uh, So let me tell you just briefly about my experience learning who the nominees were. When I started this, I would, you know, go online the morning of, Mm -hmm. Google it, read them. That was fine, but it did not satisfy me. Mm -hmm. I need to watch the video now. I avoid the news until I can watch the video of them announcing the nominees, mm-hmm. which is uh, not enjoyable mostly to watch <laughs> because it's mostly a bunch of very strained, unfunny comedy. Yeah. So uh, they announce them uh, in alphabetical order. Right. And they're in the lead actress category. And they've said four names. Mm-hmm. And they have not said Kristen Stewart. And they also haven't said Rachel Ziegler. Uh-huh. And so I had enough time in that moment to think, oh, too bad. They've snubbed Kristen Stewart. Yeah. And then the fifth name they said was Kristen Stewart. <laughs> And which is, which I am all in favor of. Yes. But I cannot believe that they snubbed Rachel Zegler. Mm-hmm. So the five nominees actually are Nicole Kidman, Olivia Coleman, and Kristen Stewart. Those are the three I got right. Not Rachel Zegler, but Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Okay. Which is a movie I did see. I. I didn't completely disregard that possibility, but I wasn't really considering it. Mm-hmm. And then similarly, actually, well, not that I didn't, I haven't seen this movie, but Lady Gaga is not nominated. The fifth nominee is Penelope Cruz, who's in a movie right. called P- Parallel Mothers. Because I think she's the only woman to have been, or person maybe, to be have been nominated for a non-English speaking role twice. Oh, is that true? Yeah, I think so. I, I think she was the only person to be nominated as in, non, in a either a non-English or a Spanish-speaking role the mm. first time, and now it's happened twice. Is I'm ninety percent certain that's correct. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard that, but I believe that. 
so yeah, I haven't seen that movie and, uh, I, but I knew of its existence. And so, um, I, I had considered the possibility at least for a moment. Has Olivia Coleman won, uh, an Oscar before? Yes. I'm surprised that you don't remember. Was it for the favorite? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. But that's the only one. Uh, yes. I, be- okay. I believe it's not the only time she's been nominated. Yes, that makes sense. I think that was her only win. And it was a very memorable win because she's Olivia Coleman. Yes. And uh, she won for The Favorite, but The Favorite to win that Oscar was Glenn Close. Right. And also nominated was Lady Gaga. Yes. And there's this great moment where Olivia Coleman was clearly not expecting to win, or at least. <laughs> She's the best actor in the world and, and yeah. <laughs> performs that she didn't expect to win. And she's rattling off the names of the uh, other nominees. And she, and the last one, she, Lady Gaga, she <laughs> says it like. So British. She, oh, she can't believe it. Lady Gaga. <laughs> um, Olivia Coleman really is a treasure. Every single thing I have ever seen her in, she's been incredible in. I have not seen a flat performance from her once in my life. She was in a movie that I think we will briefly mention later that I, I just watched last night. I um, I never asked you my baseline question, which was about movies that you've seen. Very few of them. Yeah, that are eligible. Um, I've seen 50 uh, as of this recording. Uh, and the 50th was last night. Mm-hmm. And Olivia Coleman is in that movie. And I'll give you a hint. It was not The Lost Daughter. I Liz don't know. Is, Liz is thinking about it. Do you want me to tell you now? Yes. Or? Just tell me. I don't know. The The 50th uh, 2021 movie that I watched is The Mitchells versus The Machines. I have not heard of this movie. <laughs> it's animated. It's on Netflix. And I think you'd really like it. Oh, nice. Okay. Fun for the whole family. Uh, and I said we might talk about it later because it is Oscar nominated in mm. the obvious category. Uh, so who's going to win? Um, this is, I think the place that I will allow myself to be the most cynical Mm -hmm. by saying that I think that Nicole Kidman will win Mm. because she played Lucy and everybody, everybody loves Lucy. It's in the, it's in the name. (laughs) Um, okay. So, uh, lead actor, Mm -hmm. um, I did pretty well here. Not perfect, but but uh, as close to perfect as, as you can come without perfect. Uh, my predictions were Denzel Washington as Macbeth, mm-hmm. Will Smith in King Richard, Benedict Cumberbatch in Power of the Dog, mm. Javier Bardem in Lucy the Movie, and uh, Adam Driver in Gucci. Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> Gucci. Uh, so that one's wrong. The the top four are correct, but yeah. there's there's no love for House of Gucci, uh, in any which of people hated that movie, didn't they? No, I don't think so. I feel like I haven't seen a single good thing about House of Gucci, except def- that like if you look at the cast, it looks good. No, I've definitely I've I've definitely seen and heard people. I've I've seen all kinds of reactions to that movie, including positive and favorable ones. I haven't I haven't seen a single. I've only seen people dunking it. I saw somebody say something about how Lady Gaga loves to do pretend she knows how to do an Italian accent. Well, the the the, 
the definitive tweet that I saw about that is someone said, but now that Lady Gaga is not only starring in a, in a movie, but doing an Italian accent, she has entered the share phase of her <laughs> career. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to clown on in that movie, especially, um, you know, there's there's been a lot of jokes about Jared Leto uh, and his performance and his character. Can I please have a side note about Jared Leto? Yeah. I saw the WeWork series, which is not called WeWork, trailer before something. Uh, Okay. And like I was watching something else and it came on first and I was like, fine, I'll watch this. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is this the Elizabeth Holmes thing? No, that would not be WeWork. That would be <laughs> that would be her company. WeWork is the company. What's know her what company WeWork- called? Her company is called Theranos. Right. Okay. I forgot that. <laughs> I've heard, I, I'm sure I've heard the name WeWork, but I don't remember what so it is. So WeWork was a company that... The idea was that you would rent space to work in so, like, freelance people could work there. And if you had, like, a business of, like, three people, you could – it was, like, a work share space. Why is there a series and what is it called? Because it crashed. It might be called We Crashed, actually. It, like, basically – it was a similar thing with Theranos where suddenly they were just bleeding money and the whole thing fell apart. But there is a movie with – the woman whose name I can never remember who played Catwoman in the Christopher Nolan films. Anne Hathaway? Anne Hathaway. <laughs> and Jared Leto is playing this like vaguely Swedish or Norwegian or something man who I guess was his. They were married and they did this company together. Ironically, he might be the worst person in the world. <laughs> A movie from that region. Yes. <laughs> And in this trailer, Will, I don't know if it's just because he doesn't have facial hair or he might be wearing a prosthetic Mm. or he has this weird accent. But my brain the whole time was going James Franco, Tom Hiddleston, James Hiddleston, Mm. Tommy Franco. Like I could not figure out who Mm. it was until it literally said Jared Leto. And then I was like. Oh, it's it is him. And even now when I look at it, it's like it's like I'm looking at a wax figure that kind of got fucked up. He's a chameleon. <laughs> he, 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 he embodied the Joker as he will embody uh, Dr. Michael Morbius, the living vampire. Yeah, he's a he's a chameleon until he looks exactly like he did in his own music video. <laughs> And and he, um, you know, uh, drew a lot of comparisons um, to, say, Wario, um, based <laughs> on his performance in House of Gucci. Uh, anyway, um, I thought that that movie was okay. I saw mm-hmm. it. It's it's not good. It's not bad. I thought it was. You know, Oscar-Z enough. You know, it's a it's a Ridley Scott uh, yeah. movie. I thought it was in the conversation. Not so much. Um, Adam Driver, not nominated. But you know who is? Mm. Do you know who the fifth person is? It's pretty... If It's somebody I feel like you might 
you might know about this nomination. I uh somebody who had quite a year. Kind of kind of a comeback year, a lot of people talking about him. Oh, I'm sure I could figure it out, but just tell me. It's Andrew Garfield. That's right, because he was in Tick Tick Boom and he was in Spider Man. I'm assuming it got nominated not for Spider Man. It is the lead category we're talking about, and it is for Tick Tick Boom. And um, not a lot of people talking about this, but he was also in uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. He, ah. he plays uh, Jim Baker. Uh, so, yeah, big uh, big comeback here for Andrew Garfield. Um, also famously bisexual, apparently. Uh, if you say so. Did you Have you seen the clip of him kissing Colbert? No. I will, I'll send this to you and we can put it in the show notes. It... It is from a few years ago, but oh, it really makes me blush. Mmm, sounds titillating. <laughs> okay, uh, who's going to win? Uh, I think the favorite to win is Will Smith, and so that will I hope be, he wins. That I hope will be he wins my prediction. That. Yep. Um, very uh, charming, uh, very Oscars-y uh, type of character performance role. I've decided Movie. I have a real soft spot for Will Smith. And why not? Uh, okay, so that just leaves two categories left. Director. My five predictions were Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. director of West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Denis Villeneuve, director uh, yes. of Dune. Dune. Jane Campion, director of... The Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson, director of Licorice, Licorice Pizza. Pizza. And then uh, I allowed myself a very cynical pick. I thought, uh, you know, something's bound to happen that's really going to annoy me. Uh-huh. So I predicted Adam McKay for uh, yes. uh, Don't Look Up. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The cynic in me was punished again. That was incorrect. <laughs> also, uh, Denny Villeneuve was incorrect. Only three really? out of the five were correct. Spielberg, uh-huh. Campion, and PTA are all nominated. The other two are Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Oh, yes. That makes sense. Which I think is a good defense of the earlier position that I hesitantly took that Belfast will win original screenplay. Mm-hmm. And then this one, I I need to sort of build a new thing into my process Uh based on this. I've been building in, okay, try from the beginning, I've been building in, try not to do 100% white men. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I've been building in, remember that things that you don't agree with are going to happen. Yes. What I may need to build in is, and and I think this might be a a, a parasite side effect. Mm-hmm. Need to build in more room for including the international contingent. Right. Yes. Because the fifth nominee is Ryusuke Hamaguchi, the director of Drive My Car. Mm-hmm. which is a great nomination because as I said before that's a great movie so who's going to win uh, my prediction is that Jane Campion will win uh, I am somewhat biased because for the past couple of months 
Jane Campion has been the subject of my favorite podcast, Blank Check with Griffin and David. Mm-hmm. So I've had her on my mind an awful lot. I've seen all of her films, uh, also both seasons of her TV show, Top of the Lake, starring The Handmaid's Tale's own Elizabeth Moss, <laughs> doing an Australian accent. Oh, is it bad? Uh, it's good. I, I mean, like, I don't feel qualified to judge it. But you can't tell. I think it's perfectly fine. I just, okay. kn- I know it's fake because I know who she is. Yeah. But I don't think that it's bad at all. Okay. And in fact, the show is very good. Oh, good. I uh, do have... um. Please. A note, which is I did see a tweet too that was something like, the Oscars love to nominate foreign foreign films for like director and best picture, yep. but never nominate any of the actors. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No performances from Parasite were nominated. Yeah. None for Drive My Car this year. Yeah. I guess the exception sort of is Penelope Cruz, which we were talking about earlier. Similar to the stat that you cited earlier about Penelope Cruz, I can uh, cite the stat that Jane Campion is the first woman to be nominated more than once for Best Director. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. She was previously nominated for her film The Piano. Uh, She did not uh, win that Oscar. I predict that she will win this one. And that brings us to Best Picture. Now, Liz, what do we talk about every time we talk about this category? It doesn't have a set number. That's correct. (laughs) As we know, as we've gone over, this will be the fourth time. Several years ago, in the early 2000s, they expanded the field from five to ten nominees. For only a couple of subsequent years, there were exactly ten nominees. Mm -hmm. And then after that, Whether this was intended all along or whether this was a shift, the message was, actually, we will nominate up to 10 films for Mm -hmm. Best Picture, and it has been fluctuating unpredictably between (laughs) eight and nine. Yes. Now, we also have to talk about the context, which we talked about last year, Mm -hmm. which is that because of COVID... They extended the eligibility window so that movies last that came out last January and February were eligible for the last Oscars. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean for this Oscars? Yes. Do you know the answer? I just shorter. Right, right. So I thought maybe they'll do a 12-month window that it became clear that was not going to happen mm-hmm. once I knew that nominations were being announced in early February. Yeah. But it also crossed my mind, okay, maybe they'll do an 11-month window. They'll they'll ease back into the normal calendar year by tacking on just January. They didn't do that either. Back things are back to normal, they okay. said. The forget COVID, the pandemic's over. <laughs> December 31st is the cutoff. Uh It's only 10 months of movies. Okay. 
So that made me think right up until like the day before. Yes. I thought that seems to me like enough reason to think that there will be eight Best Picture nominees. Okay, yeah. It's a shorter eligibility window. Uh I will go on the lower side. Yes. And then like the day before, I decided, you know what? (laughs) I would rather be wrong for including too many. Yes. Than be wrong for including too few. Yes. So I added a ninth. Uh And then what did they do? Did they do seven? Oh, you don't know or you don't no. remember or you don't remember. I, I mean, I, I looked at the nominees briefly when they came out, but I didn't remember them. I think we messaged count. about this at the time. Oh, really? Okay. But I, maybe I, I was then. only messaging with my local friends and you didn't get the message. That sounds possible too. Liz, th- there are 10 nominees for Best Picture. <laughs> I added one at the last minute and I was still short by one. That's hilarious, Will. Yeah, so that is, I think, a fitting answer to your earlier question about what kind of a year was 2021 in dense, general apparently. for movies. Yeah, dense is a good word for it. And yeah, just overall um, a sign of uh, good quality. So my nine were in this order. West Side Story, Dune, The Power of the Dog, Licorice Pizza, Don't Look Up, Belfast, Coda, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and House of Gucci. Mm -hmm. The top seven of those were correct. Good job. No nomination for Tragedy of Macbeth nor Mm -hmm. for House of Gucci. Which leaves three nominees that I didn't predict. Right. (laughs) Drive My Car, which, as I've said, is excellent and a really good surprise. King Richard, which Mm. makes sense in retrospect. I was not really aware of how heavily favored Will Smith is to win lead actor at the time when I made these predictions Mm -hmm. uh, over a month ago now. And Nightmare Alley. Ah, that's like the only time it shows up. Uh, Yeah. So if you want to get deep into the other categories that I don't make predictions for. Yeah. uh, There's some love for Nightmare Alley in, you know, the the categories that might not even make the telecast this year. I don't Uh know if you've heard, but. I did hear that there was some controversy about that because it's like. You know that more than just actors make movies. (laughs) Like they have controversially done so many times before, they have threatened to not include several categories in the broadcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the kind of category where Nightmare Alley is nominated for, I think, costumes and production Mm -hmm. design and Mm -hmm. things that go into the look of it, which is very cool. Uh, and uh, by the way, we haven't mentioned, in, in case it wasn't clear, uh, Guillermo del Toro is the director of Nightmare. Yes. Alley. Yes. Who we all love Guillermo. And the Oscars have loved him because of uh, The Shape of Water not that long ago. Yes. Which I also loved. Yeah. Good movie. 
So um, before I move on to the other thing that I've prepared, which you've partially guessed what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I haven't said what I, in case it wasn't, maybe uh, it was obvious already. My prediction is that the power of the dog will win best yes. picture. Um, which uh, m- means if you're if you're paying attention uh, and taking these all as a as a collective, mm-hmm. I've said that Jane Campion will will win three Oscars. Yes, best picture, best director, and adapted screenplay, mm-hmm. which would be quite a phenomenal success story, but uh, which which does kind of make me second guess making all three of those predictions. But mm-hmm. um, I have not found a way to um, do it any other way. Yeah, at, at that makes the, sense. At this point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, any questions about any of that? Are we going to go over like... Some other categories. Yeah, we next. Can, uh, we like we didn't actually talk about animated, right? Do you want to do that now? I was going to save that for the end, but let's do it now since you brought. Can we it just up. do it now? I think yeah. it makes sense, actually. Okay, so the animated feature films nominated are Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, just based on popularity alone, I think. Encanto is going to be my prediction. I I mean, we're a big fans of Encanto in this house, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Elliot can sing so many of the songs. We'll get to song in a moment. <laughs> Cinematography, I don't know where my prediction is going to end up here. This is really tough for me to choose. Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Uh-huh. Um... The only one of those that would feel like a surprise to me is if Nightmare Alley won. Mm -hmm. And even that would be not that big of a surprise. Yeah. Costumes is always sort of a fun one because weird things sneak in here. Yeah, because there are plenty of things that have like insane detailed costumes that the movie is like whatever. For example, (laughs) alphabetically, the very first nominee in this category is Cruella. The movie nobody asked for. <laughs> Followed by Cyrano. Ooh. Uh, and then Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. I think, you know, any any one of those would be justifiable. I think my pick will probably be West Side Story. Yeah. But who knows? It could, you know, it's one of those categories where voters could probably easily be tricked into like, well, that one is the most... Costume of them all. And so yeah, yeah. Cruella wins or something. Oh, no. Who knows? Um, I haven't seen any of the documentary features. Uh, just one thing to point out is that Flea is nominated here. And if that sounds familiar, it's because you already heard me say it was nominated in the animated category. Right. Yeah. It is an animated documentary and it's nominated in both. Um also, I want to point out one of the nominees is Summer of Soul, uh, which is uh, brought to us in part by Questlove. Mm. And uh, as I said, haven't seen any of these, but at least I've heard of Summer of Soul. So I think it's on Disney Plus now. 
Okay. Did I tell you that my old coworker claimed to like know Questlove? Mm, I don't think you've mentioned that. She would be like, oh, I'll have to text him. And I was like, I really don't believe. Like, it was mm. one of those things where I'd be like, that's nuts. But like, I was like, I, I don't believe you. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, You should, yeah, ask to see the uh, contacts in her phone and yeah. search under the, um, you know, if they're sorted alphabetically, search under question mark. Q. <laughs> oh, yeah. Under question mark. Just go to the end. Yeah. Or the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Depending on how it's sorted. Uh, I don't know anything about any of the shorts at this point. Uh, film editing. So when I think of film at ed- now for the past couple of years, mm-hmm. when I think of the film editing Oscar, I think of when Bohemian Rhapsody won. Right. And what a big joke that was. So the nominees are Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm-hmm. I think in the way that Bohemian Rhapsody's win was such a joke, I think that Don't Look Up would be a funny <laughs> joke if it won. Yeah. It, it's kind of like, um, you know, the most editing uh, Oscar. You've seen yes. it, so you know. Yeah, there's like a lot of things that happen. There's a lot of cuts in that movie and yes. cuts that are like, oh, just like while this dialogue is going on, let's just look at this prop in the room because there's like some kind of a joke there like tell me if you understood i didn't really i only sort of half got the joke when they're in the oval office for the first time Uh uh-huh i noticed this before they did a close-up to it and then they did a close-up on it as if to say hey did you notice this and i could say yes i already did (laughs) thank you and the detail was that the president had a Webby Award on her desk. Oh, yes. I think the joke is supposed to be that there's like a blurring of a line between what we see as somebody educated to be a politician and like popularity, which would be like entertainment. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I follow it. It just gave me a little bit too much to think about <laughs> in a way that was really distracting from, yes. you know, the scene had like content to it. Oh, can I tell you one funny thing? That's not even from the movie, but it's just one of those like nice little stories. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you saw this. Maybe. But Meryl, Meryl Streep plays the president. Correct. Apparently... The phone call that she's on when she's on a phone call before she like meets with them at one point, apparently they let her improv that. Mm. And so I saw a clip that somebody, I don't know how people get these clips, but they showed like her doing this phone call like eight or nine times because Mm. every single time she just did something different. I don't know if it wasn't written in the script or if, you know, I don't know why it came about this way. It's not like Adam McKay to... Let his actors ad lib and just that's yeah right. It's make not, up it's not shit like, over and over again. And so like you know I'm you know that you know I'm joking right? No, I don't know that. Okay, you know Adam McKay made Anchorman. I did not know that. And you know there's a special feature on the Anchorman DVD where they made a whole nother feature film 
out of the alternate takes and deleted scenes from Anchorman. No, I did, no, I did not know that. It's I have called, not seen it's the called, movie Anchorman. It's called Wake Up Ron Burgundy. <laughs> the whole thing of Anchorman in hindsight is I think it's in the I think it's in the blooper. I think there's bloopers for the credits. Uh-huh. I think if you watch the uh, credits for Anchorman, you will get to see the process by which Will Ferrell goes like, by Odin's beard, cut, by Zeus's balls, cut, by Thor's Johnson, cut. You know, it's 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 that. Oh, it, it it's also an Apatow thing. Uh-huh. It's also kind of a Paul Feig thing. It's also something that I think has ruined comedy <laughs> because nothing is like tight or precise in the way yeah. that jokes are supposed to be anymore. Sorry, what was your point? My point was that um, I just watching that set of clips was uh, quite delighted. So I think that, that it's fun. It was it was fun for me to see Meryl Streep walk around having ridiculous phone calls. That's another reason why I think I would understand, even if I would not agree with it. I would understand if Don't Look Up won the film editing Oscar because mm-hmm. I think that. App, you know, I think that McKay, Apatow, et cetera, movies are movies that people know and they recognize like, oh, they come together in editing. Mm-hmm. Because before editing, you have like hundreds of hours of, mm-hmm. of takes. Um, and so uh, the editor's job is, is uh, Herculean to go back to the Greek mythology <laughs> Uh, uh, beloved by Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Okay, so uh, international feature film. This category has the parasite problem where Mm. it's completely obvious what's going to win because only one of these is nominated for Best Picture and Best Director. Yeah. Um, Drive My Car. Uh, Also, uh, Flea, again, the international animated documentary. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something called The Hand of God. The Worst Person in the World, mm-hmm. and something called, and be prepared to see jokes about this if you are on film Twitter or even just adjacent to film Twitter, <laughs> the name of the movie from Bhutan is Lunana colon A Yak in the Classroom. Uh, makeup and hairstyling. Uh, tell me if you, you think any of this uh, is funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming to numeral two, America is the first nominee. Uh, Cruella is the second. Dune, The Eyes mm-hmm. of Tammy Faye. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, I said that there was no love for it, but that's not true. Here's a nomination for it. House Gucci. House of Gucci. Yes. the 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 movie that made... Uh, Jared Leto look like, you know, uh, Giuseppe, whatever. <laughs> um, so it would be pretty funny if House of Gucci won. Um, I think maybe Eyes of Tammy Faye could win. That's a very makeup heavy movie because mm-hmm. uh, of Tammy Faye Baker being played by Jessica Chastain. Okay, original score. This, this is a tough one. Tell me if mm-hmm. you share my thinking about this. The nominees are Don't Look Up, mm-hmm. Dune, mm-hmm. Encanto. Yeah. 
my doorbell just rang. <laughs> and Angie just ran into the sliding glass door. <laughs> Do you need to go take care of this? Because the doorbell rang. I certainly hope I don't, but I, I guess I'll go take a look. Okay. <laughs> Will's going to check his doorbell right now, and he's going to cut this part out. Maybe he won't now because I'm talking. Uh, but I'm just putting this here as a little Easter egg for him to hear for when he gets back. Who kn- Maybe he got a package. Maybe somebody wants him to convert to a religion. Who was it? Uh, a Democrat running for the House of Representatives. <laughs> I didn't guess. Okay, I had just said in Canto, Parallel Mothers. What is that? That's the Penelope Cruz movie. Okay. And The Power of the Dog. So I think when you think of conventional film score, Power of the Dog seems like a likely winner to me. Yeah. But Encanto is one of the nominees. Yeah. Which is a musical. Yes. And I don't know how to square that with the category being score. Yeah, that's interesting. I will say it is a musical, but I, because I've been thinking about this a lot as somebody who's been listening to this music a lot. Yeah. Um, but there is scoring mm-hmm. um, that's separate from, I mean, even with people singing that aren't like the sort of songs, mm-hmm. you know, that like Elliot wants to sing. Um, so maybe, but that, but it's, but when I say that they're scoring, I mean, like, if they were to do a Broadway production of this, like, I'm not necessarily sure all of that music would translate one-to-one. Uh-huh. So maybe that's where that, I wonder if that's, like, part of it. Yeah, and I would just point out, um... It does have the names of the composers here. And the nominee for Encanto is Jermaine Franco. Doesn't mention okay. Lin-Manuel Miranda at all. Then, yeah. I mean, and that, that music is really, I mean, it feels really rich to me. Yeah. So I'm sort of debating whether Encanto or Power of the Dog um, will be my prediction there. But speaking of Encanto, uh, original song is the next category. Yes. Be Alive from King Richard. Music and lyrics by Dick's son and Beyonce Knowles Carter. Mm-hmm. Dos Oruguitas. Dos Origatos. Dos Origatos from Encanto. It means two caterpillars. Okay. Uh, I've seen the movie. I don't remember that song uh i think that it's weird that this is the nominee i think i know what i actually can i actually have some insight here okay so dos orgatos is the song that is sung during the scene where um M- mirabelle has met with her grandmother um by the river mm-hmm. and we get sort of the flashback of abuela and abuelo having Meeting each other, falling in love, and then having to flee from violence. Okay. And so I feel like, clearly like 
We Don't Talk About Bruno has been the song that has literally been on the Billboard charts, yeah. mm-hmm. as has Surface Pressure, though not to the same extent. Surface Pressure has also been on the, the charts. Which I just want to say real quickly, I also think is weird. I I watched that movie and I never would have predicted that We Don't Talk About Bruno is yes. the song that would break out. Yes. No, I, I couldn't have either. Surface Pressure does make sense to me. Surface pressure makes sense to that me too. That probably yes. would have been my pick if you asked me which one of these songs is going to be most popular. Everyone's going to hear it. Yes. I think we don't talk about Bruno is so popular even like I've heard it on the radio, mm-hmm. Will. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that that one broke away because – so when I first saw the movie, I knew basically nothing about it. I had not even seen the trailer. And in fact, I watched the trailer later and was like, this is feels like not what the movie is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And watching the movie and in the Family Madrigal song, the first song, mm-hmm. when she's like um, brings up her Tio Bruno and then everybody just goes, we don't talk about Bruno. Kenny and I were like dying because we didn't know that the song was coming. You know right. what I mean? Like it was truly a first time reaction. We were like, oh, shit, that's funny. And now, and now it's like I've watched it so many times. It's just like in my brain. I can never experience that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there is something so f- – I think the song is catchy, of course. But I think that people have latched onto it because they think it's really funny that they keep talking, saying that they're not going to talk about Bruno while going on and on and on. Yeah. And I think that that's why people have latched onto it. Mm-hmm. Um. Among the other ones. But the reason I think Dos Origatos is the nominated song mm-hmm. is because it's sort of the serious song. It's, it's the same reason why in the La La Land year, the winner was City of Stars, mm-hmm. which is not at all the best song in that movie, in my opinion, a movie which I, I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is sort of the the serious one. Yeah, I think that it's I think it's what they were hoping would be the classic, mm-hmm. the sort of like this song will be played at your wedding song. Sure. Okay, I follow. The other nominees uh, are "Down to Joy," a Van Morrison song from Belfast. Something called Somehow You Do from something called Four Good Days. Now, you know me. I pay attention to this stuff pretty yes, hard. You do. Yes, you do. I have no idea what Four Good Days is. Is it Mu- the number four or? It's spelled out four. Uh, music and lyrics. But, it, but it's not, it's not, it's it's not. It's the number four. Four Good Days. No, it, it's what you think it is. It's. Four, not three, not five, four okay. good days. Music and lyrics by Diane Warren. And uh, No Time to Die uh, from No right. Time to Die, the Billie Eilish, James Bond song. It's conceivable that that could win, but my pick is going to be the Encanto song. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a few more categories. Production design, Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Um, very hard to choose. I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to pick one right now, uh, cause they're all, uh, 
possible in my mm-hmm. mind. Uh, and that just leaves sound and visual effects. For sound, it's Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. I don't know how to pick this. Uh, and then visual effects. This is where... This is where the movies that don't appear in other categories <laughs> really shine. This, yeah. this is their time to shine. So the exception to that is Dune. Mm-hmm. That's followed by Free Guy. Liz is making a face like she is not familiar with the Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I'm even less familiar now. Ryan Reynolds is an NPC in a video game. Uh, movie Free Guy. What? Yep. Uh, I think it's on Disney Plus now. Uh, Great. No Time to Die. Uh-huh. And then um, a uh, in a move that uh, is sort of rude to the Eternals, uh-huh. Shang-Chi and Spider-Man No Way Home are the other nominees. So um, it... It's got to be Dune, in my opinion. I think it would. Uh-huh. I think it would be weird if it's anything but Dune. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, except for you know, I skipped over some stuff that we can't speak to at all, like the shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, fine. But that that covers it. I do have one note, which I know I talked to you about, and you had a reason, and that's fine. But I'm gonna say it on the podcast. Yeah. Is <laughs> I just I really can't believe that Green Knight didn't get anything and i know you were like well it came out at a time and blah 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 but and i mean again i you know i you and i see different things in terms of how people react to movies but like i just feel like that movie was really i'm surprised it didn't get something like cinematography let me put it that way like i feel like something must have um because that movie was just so like like ethereal almost and um beautiful and like eerie and um i loved all the performances in it and that's all i have to say i mean again i haven't seen very many movies and that was one movie i actually did see but i mean even that said i i I saw it because i felt like it was going to be important and it was to me (laughs) uh that's a great segue into the other thing that i have prepared yes which is my take on The William Awards. Now, Mm -hmm. in the past, I've done this a few different ways. I've done it while we're going through the Oscar nominations, and I've told you what my personal pick is. Mm -hmm. I once did it where I did my own five nominees and also told you what my winner was. And this year, I thought uh, first, okay, what would my own personal picks be? As I thought that through, it became very easy to think of like a runner up. Mm -hmm. And then that got me thinking, okay, if I had to do, if I had to fill out a list of all five, who would they be? What would that Mm -hmm. look like? And so that got me into the territory of doing my own nominees again. Mm hmm which is what they do on blank check. We're, we're recording this the same weekend that they're, they're about to put out their annual episode, which is called the blankies mm-hmm. where they, they do their own favorites in the form of nominees and winners. Mm-hmm. Here's the reason why I didn't 
strictly do that again is because if I told you what my top were mm -hmm. in each category, there's bound to be some overlap with the Oscars. Right, yeah. Which I don't find that interesting to talk about, mm -hmm. to just affirm which nominees I agree with. I think I've mm -hmm. already kind that's already kind of baked into the conversation that we've already had, which leads me to what I've done instead, which is I've done the top five snubs in nice. each category. I've done my own personal picks, but I cannot pick, pick from that's on the, list. the ones that are nominated. Okay. And I've done them in each of the eight categories that we discuss. And nice. I'm going to start with adapted screenplay as we did with the real ones, um, partially because uh, this was the hardest one to do. Mm-hmm. Um, one reason why it was difficult, I think the first year I did this, or maybe the second, I rattled off a list of all, not all, but a long list of movies that I had not seen. Yes. And so I could not speak to mm -hmm. and include in my favorites. I'm not going to do that again. I basically just want to name one. There's one movie that I'm like, I wish I had seen this by now. Yeah. And I would have, except it hasn't played at the loft like it should mm -hmm. have by now. Mm -hmm. And also when I go online, it's available for purchase, mm -hmm. not to rent. Oh, so you'd have to pay like $17 or something. Yeah. And honestly, like I would pay that much to rent it. I'm just not interested in quote unquote owning it. I yeah. don't own any digital assets assets like that i don't i don't buy movies on amazon or itunes or or whatever yeah um that movie is the souvenir part two which okay. which by virtue of being a sequel would be in the adapted screenplay category right and i really liked the souvenir a few years ago and the souvenir part two is this really interesting object of it's it's an indie movie with a sequel <laughs> uh, and I'm really eager to see it, but I just haven't gotten to it yet. So um, in lieu of that, mm -hmm. uh, my top five snubs in this category are The Green Knight, mm -hmm. Matrix Resurrections. Oh, yes. Candyman. Yes, which Kenny saw and really liked. It's good. Benedetta. Uh-huh. And then... I had to go with a different sequel. In it, This is the slot that I think might go to uh, Souvenir Part 2. But truly um, deserving of this nomination is uh, Evang uh, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 Thrice Upon a Time. <laughs> the, 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 final, the final film in the Evangelion um re uh, what are they was this movie named by elon musk and grimes no you've heard of <laughs> you've heard of neon genesis evangelion correct i've heard the words neon genesis together yes very very famous anime yes in in it's so it's it's kind of kind of, my understanding uh-huh i don't know this firsthand but but i've heard that like Monster Hunter, are you aware that Monster Hunter is like 
if you can if you consider markets outside of America, yes, it's one of the most popular yes IPs on the planet. Yes, I do know that. Yeah, Evangelion, I believe, is is like that. It's okay. It's massively mainstream popular uh-huh. uh, in Japan, and they have made movies several times, but the movies retell the story of the anime as much as they expand on it. Okay. Yeah. And so there's a word for this and it's not remake and it's not rebuild. That's what it is. They Uh made four movies, which they called a rebuild of the series. Uh And the last one uh, came out at least in America uh, this past year. Okay. And um, I watched all those films on uh, Amazon prime. Yes. Uh, Evangelion, the series is something that I got into in the pandemic uh, kind of like Twin Peaks uh, in 2020. And uh, it is uh, emotionally devastating. <laughs> My favorite. So original screenplay. Oh, and by the way, we'll we'll circle back to this uh, by the end. But mm-hmm. when I posted, you know, uh, I write my little reviews on Letterboxd. And then sometimes, which I love. Every time you post one, I'm like, yes. Well, sometimes, like a little, like a little piece of candy. Sometimes I share it on Facebook, and I assume you're only seeing those ones. Yes. Why would I see it any other reason? I I'm sh- like a mom. I shared the Evangelion one on Facebook, and you commented on it. Oh, I did. What did I say? You were like a fiver because it because oh, it was a five okay, star yes. review. Um. So even if you didn't know what you were seeing. This title has sort of crossed in front of your eyes before. Yes. Um, Okay. Original screenplay. The top five snubs are Pig. Yes. The French Dispatch. Yes. Last Night in Soho. Uh Uh-huh. The Card Counter. Uh Uh-huh. And Titan. Yes. Okay. Have you heard about Titan? I thought it was pronounced Titane. It's French, I believe. <laughs> and I think that's how you say it. I'm sure you're right. No, I'm not I'm not that confident. I'm I'm not confident either. I have seen the film. Do you know anything about the film? Um, remind me because I feel like I do know things, but I couldn't tell you. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I have read things and you're gonna start saying it and it'll be familiar to me. Do you want me to spoil the plot of the movie for you? Please, go ahead. Okay. I delight. Spoilers, everyone else. I delight in doing this. <laughs> Here's how I would frame it. Okay. I would frame it as an A plot and a B plot. The A plot is there's this young woman. She's like an exotic dancer. She meets this other young woman. They start hanging out. It seems, you know, queer. Mm -hmm. Goes back to her place where she has several roommates. So it it would appear somewhat spontaneously. Mm -hmm. Our main character murders them all. All of them? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. And then she goes on the lam. 
Because <laughs> she, I, I think that, I think if I remember correctly, there was a witness. Uh-huh. And so she has reason to believe that she's going to be caught. Yes. So in order to go into hiding, she shaves her head, mm-hmm. breaks her nose. Oh, God. And disguises herself as a young man. Uh-huh. She goes to a police station and she tells them, you don't really see this happen, but this this is what must have happened based on what follows. There's around the city missing person posters for a boy who went missing like 10 years ago. She claims to be that boy 10 years later. Oh, my God. And she goes to live with that boy's father all the time, never speaking to him. Uh Uh-huh. And just acting completely reclusive so that she won't let him get close. Mm -hmm. But the movie is basically about them getting close and the relationship that forms between the two of them. That was the A plot. (laughs) The B plot is she also gets impregnated by a car. What? (laughs) What? She, early on in the film, I think this is before the murders, if I remember correctly. What? She, the place where she dances is this, I don't know how to put a word on it, but it's like a big open warehouse space where there's a bunch of like show cars and like people around dancing, blah, blah, patronizing, blah, blah, blah. After hours, she goes into a car and we don't see the penetration. And so we don't see... (laughs) We don't see literally how it's supposed to have happened. Uh-huh. But we see from outside the car, the car bouncing like people are having sex in it. Uh, yes. Uh, and we see her inside sort of, we see her sort of from the waist up sort of in ecstasy like she's having sex. And then after that, she's pregnant. What does she give birth to? Well, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> and I really like this movie. It's it's horrifying. Um, I don't really like the ending of the movie, which is why I don't like it okay. as much as some people. I had the same problem with the filmmaker's previous film, which was called Raw. Have you seen uh-huh. Raw or are you aware of Raw? Ra- no. Raw is a horror movie basically about a young woman who goes to, I think it's medical school, and then she becomes a cannibal. Uh-huh. But she also finds out that her sister is a cannibal, and they become sort of like rival cannibals. Oh, no. Um, oh, and, no. And then the very ending of the movie is, I I didn't like, and I thought like, oh, you kind of seem like you like just didn't figure out a very good way to end your movie. Yeah. And that's similarly how I felt about Titan. Okay. She gives birth to a baby, but it doesn't exactly look norm- right. 100% normal. Oh my god, does she give does she give birth to Lightning McQueen? 
<laughs> it's the it's yeah it's in america it's coming to america as cars origins look for it <laughs> look for it on disney plus this summer um okay so that was titan and that's why i nominated it for original uh-huh. screenplay or, emphasis on original um supporting actress my top five snubs are i already mentioned her before Catherine hunter uh, mm-hmm. I didn't tell you who she plays when I included her. She was my self-care pick yeah. in the category. She plays the witches in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, nice. It, okay. It's awesome. I, I think you might have given a tossed a like to my Letterboxd review of Tragedy of Macbeth, which said, uh, it's good to see Gollum getting work again. Yes. And now it's, that <laughs> yes. was a reference to Catherine Hunter's performance as the witches. Um, <laughs> uh, my other nominees are Toko Miura in Drive My Car. Okay. Sally Hawkins in Spencer. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Rampling in Benedetta. And Ana de Armas in No Time to Die. Mm. a one scene performance uh that uh kicks a lot of ass Uh um i guess i should pick a winner in each of these um so my winner for adapted screenplay would be green knight yes my winner for original screenplay uh, i guess would be french dispatch Mm mm-hmm my winner for supporting actress would be Catherine Hunter in Tragedy of Macbeth. Which brings us to supporting actor. Mm-hmm. My top five snubs are Jeffrey Wright in The French Dispatch. Yes. Oscar Isaac. Uh, why did I write this down? Oh, uh, in Dune, of course. Yes. Oscar yeah. Isaac in Dune. John Bernthal in King Richard. Mm-hmm. Tony Lung in Shang-Chi and The mm-hmm. Legend of the Ten Rings. And I think you've seen this movie. I think we've talked about it at least a little bit. Simon Helberg in Annette. Oh, yes. I started watching it and I never finished it. Oh, okay. Did you see my favorite scene in the movie... Simon Helberg, who people might recognize from the Big Bang Theory, uh-huh. he plays um, the com- the composer. Okay. Uh, and there's a scene where he's waving his wand in front of a performing orchestra and the camera circles him. It goes around and around mm-hmm. and he's doing this monologue. And it's a true, you know, he's not talking to anybody except the audience. It's yeah. just a monologue about his experiences and his feelings. And it's circling him. And it does this like three times. Wow. And each time it's about to circle him to the point that we no longer really see his face. Yeah. He goes like, excuse me, I need a minute. Or something, you know, <laughs> he, he's just like, he's ve- he becomes so over overcome with emotion. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a, a mem- very memorable scene, in my opinion, in a very strange and memorable movie. Um, you should try watching that one to the end. They, okay. In the final scene, 
they they there's sort of a you know if if the movie is a magic trick there's sort of a prestige in the final scene nice uh that i think is um uh really uh impressive nice okay uh but uh obviously my my winner would be jeffrey wright yes of I course we made that very clear when we did a whole episode on the french which Dispatch. which i think i told you but we I rewatched it and Kenny watched it for the first time because it's finally on a streaming service. Mm-hmm. And um, it ame- – I, I, I'm not going to say I didn't like it the first time I watched it because we know that I did. But I had some like weirdness going you into this movie. had some reservations. And I ha- had some reservations watching it too. Mm-hmm. And it just like – fucking grew on me the second time it which i feel like is a wes anderson thing and i feel like you know we've talked about this before but like i feel like once i knew what was happening i was just endeared instead of anything else (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah totally i'm glad to hear that i haven't given it a rewatch but the scene uh, your favorite scene which i pointed out to kenny where um Tony and other guy switched yeah. places. I forgot mm-hmm. how drawn out it was. Yeah, and it really is just as I, I yeah I I'm I can't, I'm not sure if it's my favorite, but it it really is quite stunning. And it really is like a a really special moment. I think it, I think it's a very special moment. I think truly probably my favorite scene in the in the movie is is when the um interview with Jeffrey Wright really like stops down so that he can do a model and i think this the i don't exactly remember does it like change to black and white yes or some, yeah that's probably actually my favorite scene but the moment where the young and the old convict guy just meet in the middle yeah is uh just a very tender moment uh that uh yeah touched my touched my my cold grinch-like heart <laughs> Uh, my top five snubs in lead actress mm-hmm. are Rachel Zegler, mm-hmm. star of West Side Story, Thomason McKenzie for Last Night in Soho, uh, Agatha Roussel. Uh, I should have written down what the films are. <laughs> Uh, so as I said, I saw 50 movies that have come yes. out. Um, oh, this is to 10. This is the woman mm. in to 10. Yes. I knew it as soon as I was typing it into Google. Um, Alana Haim uh, in uh, Licorice Pizza. Mm-hmm. And uh, Renata Reinsv. I have no idea how to say it. it it's uh, the the worst person in the world. Ah, yes. Um, That one I did remember without having to pick up my phone. So, yeah, um, my winner is Rachel Ziegler. I think think the uh, capital S snub of the year, capital Y on the year, the snub Mm -hmm. of the year at the Oscars is is Rachel Ziegler, uh, in in my uh, opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say an extremely crowded category. Yeah, for sure. The, the lead actress category, um, because you have to make room for Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. I didn't 
expect this, but it turns out you had to make room for Jessica Chastain as well. <laughs> um, but like, for example, left off of both lists, uh, Amelia Jones is the star of Coda. Mm. Um, that could have seen that happening. Francis McDormand uh, was Lady Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, had to be left off because yeah, this is such a such a crowded category this year. Lead actor, uh, my top five snubs: Nicolas Cage, star of Pig, mm-hmm. Dev Patel for yes. the Green Knight, Cooper Hoffman, son of Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm-hmm. uh, for Licorice Pizza, Hidetoshi Nishijima for Drive My Car, and Keanu Reeves. For Matrix Resurrections. Yes. Speaking of people that had to be left off, Carrie Ann Moss also mm-hmm. um, deserving of recognition in the lead actress category. Left her off anyway. I don't know if you've seen the new Matrix film, but she just I justified leaving her off to myself by by saying she just doesn't have that big of a part in the film mm-hmm. despite being a huge and crucial part of the story. Yeah, essential essential plot-wise, yeah. She just doesn't have as much screen time as Keanu. Yeah. Um, but uh one of my favorite films of of the year. Matrix yeah, Kenny really loved it. I um I'm excited to watch it at some point. Director uh this was tough. This was tough to put together. Mm-hmm. Uh my top 5 snubs Wes Anderson, obviously. Mm-hmm. Joel Cohen for Tragedy of Macbeth. Mm-hmm. David Lowry, director of The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. Maggie Gyllenhaal, director of The Lost Daughter. Right, yes. Making her directorial debut. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wrote down Edgar Wright here, obvious pick for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did cross it out and I, uh, added Sean Baker, who is the director of a film called Red Rocket, uh-huh. uh, which, uh, was highly anticipated in this household because, uh, his previous film was the Florida project mm-hmm. a few years ago, um, which we both enjoyed, but Dana especially, uh, was a fan of that film. Red Rocket, a little, little bit different. In some ways, a little bit different uh, subject matter, but also some similarities like, you know, poverty in in, uh, underrepresented part of America. Yeah. Um, Red Rocket, not my favorite film of the year, but I I think I will pick Sean Baker as the winner of the prestigious William Award. Mm Mm-hmm. In this category, just because I think um, there's something really special and recognizable about a Sean Baker film, the, you know, gorgeous landscapes and yeah. uh, the way that he casts these non-actors in interesting roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, a film I would I would recommend seeing. Sort of caught up in the. Right, how how let's do a little sidebar on, on on licorice pizza for a moment. Yes. How aware are you of the 
the discourse about licorice pizza. I, this is how aware I am of it. Sam Martone made a tweet that I cannot reproduce off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. And you responded, this is going to break letterboxed. Yeah, he did something like comparing it to the Joker or something like yes, that. Yes, he said he said like licorice pizza is like I'm just is, gonna find the tweet for us. It won't this, be hard to find. This year's Joker or something yes. or something like that. And and he he's he spelled licorice pizza like with asterisks for the eyes, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh yeah, I'm sure I replied saying like, yeah, this would this take would destroy Letterboxd. Because you liked it, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, what What is it? But there are people that really don't like it. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's up with that? Uh, you're, are you, you're aware of the Haim sisters? Am I saying that? Is it yes. Haim or Haim? It's Haim. Haim. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, There's actually, yes. He said, licorice pizza is this year's Joker. I will not elaborate. And you said this has the power to destroy Litterbox. That's yes, right. so it's got the youngest Hyam sister. There is, as a side note, a very funny um, TikTok that they made um, where somebody had said, "Like, what's a name that people always get wrong? I'll go, or what's a word that people always pronounce wrong? I'll go first, or something like that." And then it's just stitching all of them, and they're like, "It's Hyam," mm. and then it's like. The other two sisters are in the background, and they're like, "Hiam, Hiam." Yeah, yeah. I might no, that, just, and watch me saying it wrong right now, but you get my point. But that's going to be easy for me to remember now because I mean, I know Lahiam. La yes, exactly. There. So, um, okay. So in hindsight, okay, I saw hindsight. In in hindsight, <laughs> very good. I saw I saw that tweet from Sam. And I have a bias stuck in my head that if somebody's talking about Joker online, they they must hate it. Mm -hmm. And so I saw this and I thought, oh, Sam is disparaging licorice pizza. Yeah. And in hindsight, I realized <laughs> that he might have just been making, we, we don't know because he refused to elaborate. Yeah. But he may have just been making a comment about the discourse. Ah, I see. Which is absurd. <laughs> the, the discourse around Joker was to some extent absurd. Uh-huh. And similarly, the it, Licorice Pizza was a very provocative film. Um, I asked you if, how, about your familiarity with, with the Hyam sisters because uh, Alana plays the, the, the lead and opposite Cooper Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Who is even younger? Yes, and that—that's the important part. Is that it—it's it, about the two of them meeting, uh -huh. and he's in high school, and she's in her early twenties, mm. and he pursues her very uh, diligently. Mm -hmm. And she is mostly annoyed by him. Mm -hmm. But it's a movie about their relationship and the extent to which they can work together, be friends, and whether or not there will be a romance there. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, this is not palatable yes. to to many people yeah. who have their, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? They have their guard up uh-huh. when it comes to anything that seems like it might represent grooming. Uh-huh. Um Red Rocket is a, a is a movie about grooming. Yes. It's about explicitly, a, yes. a guy who does some grooming. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really gross. Yeah. But you can watch both films and Red Rocket is like, "Oh, it's clearly grooming, but you'd have to be a certain kind of person to think that this could qualify as an endorsement for yes. the behavior of the film. Mm-hmm. Somebody who thinks like, oh, you depicted it on film, that's an endorsement. Yeah. And that's an extreme position. Yes. Where on the other hand, you watch Licorice Pizza and it it's um, it could be a matter of debate Yeah. whether or not it's depicting any grooming. But... Whether it's an endorsement or not, it's a comedy and a kind of love story, and mm-hmm. they are uh, relatable, uh, lovable characters, and it's easy to root for them. Yeah. And it's your personal decision the extent to which that is. Okay. You know, it's funny. I remember there being a very small, similar discourse around another movie I watched when I was sick over Christmas. Yeah. Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Army Hammer was playing in the movie like a 23 or 24-year-old. He's like a grad student. At least, yeah. And he wasn't like 30. He was definitely mm-hmm. in his early 20s, but he okay. was- but Timothy Chalamet was character was seventeen, right? Uh, and they have spoilers, quite a bit of sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is not to spoil. I mean, I guess I it, licorice pizza doesn't doesn't go that far. Oh sure, um, but the, the it was an interesting divide because I have this sort of rule, which is that you shouldn't date some, you shouldn't fuck someone old enough to be your dad. Mm-hmm. And I word that very specifically <laughs> mm-hmm. because I think that that's where the power dynamic is the most screwy. Mm-hmm. And I also have this exception, and I understand that this might be a bias, but I have this exception for queer couples because especially when you're looking at sort of like the queer elders in our lives, like people that are still living but are, you know, a little bit older, um, people were falling in love when they had – you know, really limited options, which I'm mm-hmm. not saying like, but so, which is to say the power dynamic is shifted there, right? Right. Um, and so it it offsets the thing that makes me feel gross. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting to watch Call Me By Your Name and know that a lot of queer people had really loved this movie because of the sort of romance it depicts. And, and you know, I also loved it, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then know that my old boss watched that movie and was like, I couldn't get over the age difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's interesting that. Yeah. I think it comes down to your personal hangups more than it comes down to 
the film itself being culpable of, of any mm-hmm. crime. Yeah. However, uh, here's an here's an uh, a PS uh, to uh-huh. this conversation that I find interesting. There's something else that happens in Licorice Pizza that is I I think easier to argue is not okay. Oh yeah, what is that? <laughs> and I've seen a couple of people bring it up, but it's not obviously it's not the subject of the main discourse about the movie. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a lot of char- there's a lot of characters who are in just one or two scenes. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned Bradley Cooper earlier. I um I guess I overlooked him when did I Oh yeah, so I I totally I was just thinking about my own predictions and I forgot to put Bradley Cooper in my own personal snub category mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. supporting actor. So let's just eliminate um that's hard to eliminate any of these. It's um, the Will Awards. You can have fluctuating numbers in your categories. Yeah, so there are six uh, <laughs> six snubs. Um, Bradley Cooper is extremely funny uh-huh. in um, Licorice Pizza in like just like one sort of extended sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another guy... <laughs> He's guy. Who is this guy? He's got three. He was. He he's in Pitch Perfect. Do you know that guy? Have you seen Pitch Perfect? I have seen none of the Pitch Perfects. Okay. Um. His name is like John. Is it John Michael Higgins? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm showing Liz a picture. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. Co- comedy guy. Yeah. Comedy guy. He's in two scenes. The joke is that okay, Licorice Pizza is set in like the 70s, right? Yeah. In Hollywood. The joke is that he owns a sushi restaurant. Mm-hmm. And he has a Japanese wife. Uh-huh. And uh, when he talks to her, he talks real loud in an offensive Asian accent. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing because Liz is, is face palming. Why? And this hap- and there are two scenes. And the way that the joke heightens in this that might justify doing it a second time uh-huh. is that by the time we see him again in the second scene, his his he has a different wife. He has a different no. woman for his, for his wife. It's a new woman. So, because yeah, the first woman got sick of his shit. I think that it is crystal clear that this was written with the intent that the joke is on this guy. Yeah, the joke is. It's the 1970s, and this there, guy sucks. There are guys like this who would do this, yeah, and they're very stupid, yeah. However, in order to tell that joke, someone in the year 2021, yes, <laughs> who is white, 
has to do a really offensive Asian voice. Oh, guys. Uh. And it's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's supposed to be uncomfortable at the same time that it's supposed to be pretty funny. Yeah. Like, the movie is a comedy. You know, it's a romance drama comedy, but it's a comedy. And I think it is I think it is played for laughs as much as it's played for cringe. Yeah. Um, and I I think it's pretty easy to argue that it crosses a line that is not supposed to be crossed. Yeah. In the 2020s. Yeah, that makes sense. And beyond. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully. Yes. Okay, so I sidebarred about that because I thought of it because we were talking about Red Rocket. Yes. So finally, uh, in Best Picture, uh, my top five snubs of the year. Just to reiterate, uh, this is not strictly literally what my top five films of the year are because I've eliminated the ones that are nominated for Best Picture. And that leaves us with, uh, in this order... Number five, Last Night in Soho. Mm -hmm. Uh, A Edgar Wright film that I really liked. Dana really, really liked. I've heard some people be kind of mean about. Yeah, me too. Uh, And I don't appreciate that. (laughs) But whatever. But it's kind of of spoiled the fun a little bit Uh for me. Followed by The French Dispatch. Mm Mm-hmm. Then Pig, mm-hmm. then Green Knight. Nice. And then my number one, I said we were going to circle back to it. I'll say the whole title again. My number one movie of the year is Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 colon thrice upon a time. <laughs> I, uh, I, it, I've, I've hardly. Very rarely do I feel uh, a range of emotions so overwhelmingly <laughs> as I did watching that last Evangelion movie, which wow. I, th- I thought was a real triumph. Um, but, you know, there's a little bit of an asterisk on that mm-hmm. because I watched it on Amazon Prime. It probably came out like a year earlier mm-hmm. in its mm-hmm. home country there's green knight i also gave five stars on letterboxd so green knight is also kind of my favorite film of the year i'm so excited to watch that movie again if you want to know what my favorite of the non-snubbed movies are mm-hmm. um it's neck and neck between Power of the Dog and Drive My Car. Yeah, that makes sense. Those are both excellent. Those are both 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10. Very close. Uh, And then I'm looking at my own list on Letterboxd. Then the, the next one after that is Licorice Pizza, which is my number seven on the total list. Yeah. Dune is number nine. West Side Story is number 11. 
and then it gets to be a while before you see another best picture nominee mm-hmm. on the list. Uh, and we'll put a link to my letterboxed on the show notes. If you're curious enough to look at all of this in greater detail, I guess. Okay. I found King Richard at number 26, right, right in the middle of my, Which makes sense for your tastes and the movie. Yep. I enjoyed it. It's just not, you know, that. It's not your deal. It's not not your bag. Not my, not especially my bag. Not that great or special of a movie. But so there's this category of like, okay, King Richard, Coda, Nightmare Alley, Belfast is a little lower down. Those are all somewhere in the middle. Mm Mm-hmm justifiable best picture nominees but not near my favorites and then you get down to i was really tempted to put don't look up at the very bottom of the list right now it's number 47 out of 50 Mm -hmm. the movies behind it are godzilla versus kong mortal kombat and space jam a new legacy (laughs) Uh, right above Don't Look Up on the list are Halloween Kills, The Tomorrow War, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> so that's a glimpse of sort of the bottom of the barrel. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, uh, I like 2021 as a year for movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm rooting for Jane Campion and Power of the Dog. Hope we see... As much success there as the uh, number of nominations implies. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Liz. Yes. Despite everything, uh-huh. films continue. They do. <laughs> Anything you're looking forward to in 2022? Anything am I looking forward to? Can you tell me any movies that are coming out? Yeah, so I'm looking at my <laughs> my two watch list. I'm I would like to see the Batman, which has come out. Me too. Kenny uh-huh. saw it, loved it, loved it. He was like, it was amazing. Um, he said that he said, I know that this is what he said. He said, I know that the reason I like it might be the reason that other people don't like it. Mm-hmm. But this is a this. He feels like this is the best Batman movie. Wow. Yeah. uh, It's been out for a week. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I don't know exactly when I'll see it, but probably before the end of the month. Um, I already mentioned uh, my desire and failure to see The Souvenir Part 2. Right. Yes. I also failed to see Lamb. Yes, because you tried. Tried and failed and uh, haven't seen The Last Duel. Right. Yeah. And then. Which is brutal, right? Isn't that movie just brutal? I probably so. Yeah. Don't know. I It is on HBO Max and I do intend to watch it. But I intend to watch a lot of movies and uh, a lot of them I have never watched so far. I um, am excited in terms of children's movies to see Turning Red, which I can watch whatever I want right now. Yep. The new Pixar, which I've heard is very good. Uh, Memoria is a film starring Tilda Swinton, 
which uh, is touring the country and going to come to the loft next month. But I think based on playing festivals, Mm -hmm. may have been eligible for the Oscars this year. So don't know whether to call it a 2021 or a 2022 film. Uh, And then uh, in terms of actually anticipated, not yet released movies, the most exciting thing I think that we know is supposed to happen this year is a new Jordan Peele movie is coming out. Yes. Called Nope. With um, Stephen Young wearing a cowboy hat. Correct. Uh, Also, uh, Robert Eggers director of The Witch and the Lighthouse uh-huh. has a new one coming out called The North Man. Uh-huh. Uh, Alex Garland, director of Ex Machina and Annihilation, has a new movie coming out called Men, uh, starring Jesse Buckley, who I mentioned before. Yes. It's one of my favorites. I think I saw the trailer for that. Uh, it, they did put out a teaser. You might have seen that. Yes, it's the one, it's green. It's very green. Yep. It's because I saw the trailer and I was like, this is the green that when I say green is my favorite color, it's this one. Pretty cool. <laughs> Sounds like a good endorsement for a film we haven't seen yet. Um, <laughs> coming out soon uh, is a movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm-hmm. A film from Daniels, the team that brought us Swiss Army Man, a very special mm. movie from several mm. years ago. Uh, and then uh, might end the conversation. No, not quite. Um, have you have you seen the trailer for Elvis? No, but I've heard people dunking hard on it. Yikes. Okay. Uh, I guess I get it, but... Uh, I'm definitely going to buy a ticket to see Elvis. Um, Forgetting who's playing Elvis, uh, that's not the headline. Okay. The the headline is the the main supporting performance uh, by Tom Hanks. Oh. Playing Tom Parker. And the the movie is directed by Baz Luhrmann. Yes. And it's not too often that you get a new Baz Luhrmann movie. Yeah. I believe the last one was The Great Gatsby. Probably, which I love The Great Gatsby. Which I still haven't seen, but I will. That's right. Right. Because I brought it up at one point and you were like, I haven't seen that movie. And I was like, what? I will probably watch it in anticipation of Elvis. I love that movie. It makes me so happy. And then the other thing that I just remembered, which I don't have on the list that I was looking at, is... um, uh, I'm not 100% confident that this will be out in 2022, but I think mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. Um, there's another new Steven Spielberg movie coming, which is supposed to be special because it's an original Steven Spielberg script. Oh, and, and okay. It's, it's the first time he's like... Written a script? Writ- written, written something and, yeah, and made his own thing in quite a number of years you know okay the, the recent Steven Spielberg films have all been like West Side Story and Ready Player One and, and whatnot 
Um, but apparently it's very uh, autobiographical. Mm. I think it's called The Fablemans. Okay. Uh, let me just Google The Fablemans real quick because I am sure if uh, I can remember a couple of the details from the cast, but I'm sure I would leave out something special to note. The really interesting thing was um, pretty recently the news broke that David Lynch was cast in The Fablemans. Okay. Uh, which kind of uh, set the internet on fire for a moment. Yeah, that makes sense. But, um, okay, uh, Sammy, I guess, is the name of the main character. And Paul Dano plays Sammy's father. Michelle Williams plays Sammy's mother. Mm -hmm. And then this is the other one that I think is remarkable. Seth Rogen plays Sammy's uncle, <laughs> who I guess is like an important figure. Um, I'm looking at more of it. Judd Hirsch is also in the cast. So I think that that movie is supposed to come out this year, and I think that it's going to be a big deal. I think it's kind of a little bit to the detriment of West Side Story um, in these Oscars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also to the detriment that there was already a movie called West Side Story that that won Oscars, and I yeah. don't know if they would do it again. Uh-huh. Um, still, I do think, like I said before, Ariana DeBose will win, but um, I, I think it would be short-sighted to give the Best Director Oscar this year to Steven Spielberg Yeah, when everyone knows that he has this, like, kind of like... Belfast is to Kenneth Branagh this year. Mm -hmm. It sounds like The Fablemans is to Steven Spielberg. I I do have some movie notes if I could rattle them off really quick now that I've looked at the list, which I'm, there are some Marvel movies coming out that we're very excited for, of course. Doctor Strange, etc. I am also excited for the Sonic movie. Sure. For two reasons. The first is. Ben Schwartz. Um, I'm apparently in love with Ben Schwartz. <laughs> apparently, yep. And the second reason is I think we're going to try, try try to take Elliot to that movie. Oh, that's fun. Like in a theater. Nice, yeah. Um, so I'm excited for because he watched the first one and really liked it. Good. So, um, I think we're I think I think that's what we're going to do, and I think the numbers will be good enough that we feel safe doing that. Good. There is one movie that is sort of a wild card that Kenny and I were. Kenny is excited to see, and so now I'm excited to see it because Kenny's excited, if that makes sense. Like, it'll yeah. be, like, it's like, oh, we'll we'll share this experiment mm-hmm. experience, which is The Lost City. Yes. I've Okay, yeah. Uh, I think we're going to go see that, too. So the reason, this is the movie that has, um, what's her face? Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock and Strongman. Channing Tatum. But it has Daniel Radcliffe playing, like, an evil... <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe plays a, a, what would appear to be the villain. Yes. Based on the trailer. Also, before the trailer is over, Brad Pitt makes an appearance. Yes. And um, Kenny's like, Kenny and I really love Daniel Radcliffe. And we especially love him because I heard him say this. I actually want to say on Comedy Bang Bang once. Hmm. Was he on Comedy Bang Bang? Not that I recall, but. I feel like this was an interview with Scott Ackerman is why I'm bringing this up. But It's possible. I heard him say once, I will never have a movie like Harry Potter again, 
But I don't feel bad about that because I had one. So now I'm just only going to do the stuff that I think is really fun and interesting. Is it possible that it was like maybe the Nerdist podcast? Maybe. Maybe that's what it was. I remember Daniel. It was a long time ago. I remember Daniel Radcliffe once saying that he was a fan of At Midnight because it was a a kind of show that they have a lot of in Britain Mm. where it's like panel shows. Yeah, like panel comedy shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's the other one that I'm like, you know, I think Kenny and I will see this movie and and feel good. I think Um, so too. Yeah, we've seen the trailer for The Lost City and it it does make me go like, oh, this, it looks funny and also this looks like a type of comedy that barely exists anymore. Yes. And that I would not mind at all seeing more of. And so Kenny also really likes, and I don't really have any feelings about this, but Kenny loves Sandra Bullock. So cool. I think he's also really excited to see her cool. comedically. Like he loves Miss Congeniality, like loves sure. that movie. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. Um, and of course, we can't forget, Will. I can't believe we haven't mentioned this once. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore is coming out this year. Oh, we're going <laughs> to learn The Secrets of Dumbledore, finally. Oh, who, who will God, play? J.K. Rowling this morning went on a spree of shitty tweets, so. Yeah, that's one of those things that I just know happened because I see a reaction to it, but I've. Yes, I've, same. I've, I've walled myself fall- off from seeing the actual thing. Yes, I don't I don't follow JK Rowling ever. I never did actually, but um I forgot until and then we went. I forgot until sort of recently, like I want to say within the past two or three years that I can follow celebrities. Mm-hmm. Because for so long social media was just like literally only my friends, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Wait a second. If you like a celebrity, you can follow them and then get interesting information about them." In some cases, yeah. <laughs> Will, congratulations on Thank your you. William Awards. I think this was a great episode. I was very excited to hear all of the things you had to say. Thank you very much. That's very kind. Um, by the way, uh, uh, to uh, put a bow on it, uh, never said what the stats were on the predictions. Oh, yes, please. Uh, if I made 45 predictions... Uh, 28 of them were correct this year. That is 62%. Uh, It's not the best that Uh I've done, but it is also not the worst. Yeah, that's pretty good, I feel like. Yeah, uh, I'll take it. Um, There was definitely years where you had categories where you got none or one. I don't think that I have ever gotten zero correct okay then there were there was years that you got one i'm not i I don't deny that yes there are definitely there were times when i've gotten only one um i think there's in five years there's only been one time that i've been 100 percent correct in a particular category Mm -hmm. and this year it's you know i'm looking at so i got seven out of ten for picture Three out of five for director, three out of five for adapted screenplay, four out of five for original screenplay, four out of five for lead actor, three out of five for lead actress, and then two out of five in both mm-hmm. of the supporting categories. That was the roughest, but still two is better than one. So yeah, um, pretty, pretty, pretty good. So uh, that was uh, 
The uh, Smug Buds Oscars 2022 Spectacular brought to you by Jenny's Ice Cream. <laughs> Jenny's. The font and the spelling are designed to make you think it says penis. Jenny's <laughs> Ice Cream. We Okay, just if you... I want a year for a year of Jenny's ice cream if somebody is listening to this and somehow didn't see me post this on social media. Yeah, I've, I've, we'll, <laughs> I've extrapolated Jenny's ice cream's endorsement of, of Liz <laughs> herself to um, to the podcast. Yeah, and honestly, it is the best possible thing I could have won. And congratulations once again. As I've told you before, I couldn't go to a more deserving Thank you. person. Uh, so uh, see you, uh, uh, Oscars uh, time, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we will uh, have an opportunity to reflect on which uh, winners I'm I'm right and wrong about, and uh, and then sounds like uh, you have a, a a notion that we're going to record another episode in the future. Yes, at least two. Looking forward to it. Good. When it'll be. Who knows and who cares? <laughs> but but you but you can find it on social media. It'll be fine. But until then, stay safe. And whatever we say at the end of this. We right? never say anything. I, I We usually say, uh, love you. Yes, love you, Will. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Will is on Twitter and Letterboxd at Youngest of One. And his website is williamhoffacker.com. You can find Liz at exclamate on Instagram, at exclamate underscore on Twitter, or on her website, elizabethdeannamorrislakes.com. Our website is smugbuds.com, and the podcast is at smugbuds on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs>